Hey, everybody, it's Lee. I know we're heading into the offseason, so we wanted to give a shout-out to our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, one more time. And again, we have a coupon for $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at hockey.sensearena.com. I always like to remind everybody, I've been using this thing for six months, and I'm just blown away, not just from the VR aspect of it and the virtual reality side of things, but the ability to give different perspectives of the game, whether I'm playing as a goaltender, and I got to admit, it is really hard, but it has really given me a perspective from that point of hockey, which has made me a better coach and a better ice hockey player, or the skater modes, which help you work on cognitive skills and other things like heads-up play that you don't normally get to work on in a practice or a game. So I implore you to check it out. It helps us out. It helps them out. Support our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena. Get $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Again, that's Hockey Never Stops. That's the code at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Check it out. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Hello, hockey friends and families around the world, and welcome back to another edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. I'm Lee Elias, is joined by always my best friends in the world, Mike Benelli and Christy Casciano Burns. And guys, listen, it's early in the year when we're recording this, and the weirdness has started on all of the teams that I am part of. Parents asking questions, looking around, who's going where? What team am I going to make? This is the team I want to make next year. Are we going to be on the same team next year? Lee, will you coach that team? What are we going to do? It's the madness of the end of the season. So we're not going to be talking about evaluations directly today, but we are going to talk about that journey, that road to evaluations where let's just say it, frankly, things get kind of weird at this point of the season uh, and you have to have these conversations. So at the end of this episode, my goal, Mike, Christy, for the parents, for the people listening is to a give you some perspective on what's happening, especially if you're new to the sport, uh, but more importantly, maybe maybe calm you down or <laughs> maybe give you some 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 uh, something to hold on to here um, as we approach that. So, Christy, I'm going to start with you because you've actually been through this more than than Mike and I um, yes. uh, with both of your kids having graduated through hockey. Um, how did you keep your head on during all this? Ah, uh, yes. March Madness. <laughs> That's what I should have called. That's the episode title right there. It's March Madness. Um, and parents get crazy. There's You're not even done with the season yet. You haven't even done your final tournaments. And parents are already so worried about the next season. Um, and it's okay to start exploring. Put the feelers out there. If for some reason you think your your kid needs to move, has outgrown the team, you're not happy, Maybe it wasn't a, a good season for your family. Maybe it was too intense. Maybe it wasn't intense enough. And you meet, need to make that jump. What I always did, and we didn't jump around a lot, but there was one point where we had to because Sophia needed to go on. And we wanted her on girls team to start playing with just all girls and not boys. So what I did, and it was right around the end of the season, is I just asked other parents, started doing research with parents and even called the organization and found out, you know, what, what are, what's it like here? You know, how welcoming you are you with girls and, you know, do girls get treated just as equally as the boys? What is your ice time like? Um, and then I, I even, you know, called the coaches and got a feel for them, have a good conversation with them. 
have a one-on-one -on -one with them. Uh, those in-person, face-to-face meetings, you can really get a sense of what kind of a coach you're dealing with. So it's okay to start exploring that, but don't forget, you, you still have to finish the season too. <laughs> don't give up on your, your teams. And there's a lot of work to do toward the end of the season. And you start getting a little tired. You start you know, feeling a little burned out. You can't wait for your kids to pick up the lacrosse stick. I get that. But in the home stretch, you really need to give 100% too. So don't forget that. A hundred percent agree. You know, my message to my own children this time of year and the kids that, that I coach, I mean, I don't have as much control over them or their parents is what you just said, Christy, like, look, we got to finish this season first. And I want your focus to be here, especially for the athlete. Okay. Wow. Um, I do understand. And Mike, I'm going to turn to you here. I do understand that evaluations are usually tagged right to the end of the season. So you're not crazy for thinking about it. All right. I do understand that people have to make plans. I think Christy just gave some great advice of do your research talk yeah. to people. But Mike, we always talk about this too, that the grass is always greener on the other side. Um, and that you know, if you're not careful, you can start to commiserate a bit and find everything wrong with your organization. I do want to say, look, there are absolutely appropriate times to leave one organization and go to another. There are appropriate times to leave a tier two program and go to a tier one program, especially if you're on the East Coast. But you really got to come to it with a, with a sane mentality. And this type of year can make you insane. So, Mike, again, you're right in the thick of it as a coach. Christy gave a great job of, of the parent point of view, especially in girls hockey. Mike, tell me the, the coaching point of view, because I'm sure you get so many gripes around this time of year. How do you walk through that experience? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it, and, and we just, didn't we just hear that, that the grass is not always green on the other side? It could yeah. be green on our side. You just, have to, you just have to water it and nurture it and feed it. And, you know, you don't, you don't need to go somewhere else when you have good grass right there in front of you. You just have to know how to – you know, if again, if you want to trample on it and, and, and rip it up and, you know, get the dog out there all the time, then yeah, it's not going to be, it's not going to be, it's not going to be in great Whoa, shape. This is Monday morning metaphor, Mike. And I love it. I just, That's I just, so think, good. I just <laughs> think, I just think, I, and again, it, it's, it's only from, and, and let's clear, let's clear the air too. These are all issues I truly believe aren't parental issues. These are because our organizations just can't get our act together and right. we're manipulating and we've ruined the end of seasons for kids when you start having tryouts and evaluations and ID skates and pre ID skate skates for, you know, youth hockey in January and February. I agree. And it's just, it's so hard. I mean, listen, I'll give a lot of parents that have 15 and 16 year olds, the benefit of the doubt that they've been through the treadmill of, of this hockey world and, and they, and they're jaded a little bit and they have to look, but my gosh, if you're a, if you're a parent of a six, seventh, you know, uh, eight year old, nine-year-old i mean these are things you should you should be able to end your season never thinking about where you're going next right except right. ending the season you should and i and i know you have to yeah um Don't but i think it's the coaches you know so i th here's my recommendation from a coaching standpoint lay out what you're if you're going to have a team of of your if you're going to coach the same group of kids say you're a parent coach right and you're coaching uh for our for our intensive purposes here squirt minor which are first year squirts. Right. And you're going to coach the second year squirts. Say your son or daughter is one of the better players or whatever. You're, you're committed to coaching next year. You haven't been run out of town yet. The organization wants you to coach again. Then start laying the groundwork that, you know, you don't want to have tryouts. You don't need to have tryouts. You know what kids you have. And I would, and personally, I would be like, I want all of you to return. Right. 
except you, you, not you, but everyone else, <laughs> everyone else. I want to cater to my team. We don't need tryouts. And if you have an, listen, if you have an organization that says, Oh, we need tryouts so that we can, that's a fundraiser for us. That's a way wow. for us to raise funds. So you know what? Go to the parents, be completely transparent and say, this tryout needs to earn the organization $800. You have to pay a fee, but mm -hmm. you're guaranteed to be on my team. I like you, you like me. Why go through the, the, the process of trying out for 17 different programs? Save all your money, save your time, just play for the coach you like. At you know, again, this is six, seven, seven-year-olds, nine-year-olds, yeah. ten-year-olds. Yeah. Now, when you start getting up a level, and what we call this craziness starts to happen, it only becomes crazy because you, dad and mom, create the craziness because you don't need to move. You need to find a way. Showcases and ID camps don't mean anything before puberty. So just find a place that you like, get on the ice, develop your talents, be with kids you like, and 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 and, and again, it's easy to say, and and we'll have very few people listen, but it will it will happen. It it it'll just come about if your son or daughter it, it loves being on. That's the number one thing. Find the find the ability to move them on to the next role, you know, role here that they love. They want to be there. And I think, you know, you got to remember the stress that we put these kids under from coaches yeah. to yeah. say, yeah. you must be at my tryout in April. But coach, I'm an unbelievable lacrosse player. I'm in the baseball Little League World Series. I don't care about that. Yeah. You need to be at my tryouts. Yeah, You have Brutal. to participate. And I can't tell you during tryout season how many kids that you literally see run into the building and like their cleats. Right, right. And, <laughs> Every year, and jump into their yeah. ice, and then they, then the coach says, nah, "He really didn't look like he was, you know, really didn't look like he was into it today. Like he's tired." I go, "Yeah, of course he's tired. Yeah. He just played he's two hours of lacrosse." Yeah. So yeah. I think it's just a matter of knowing. You know, Christy said it earlier. Do your research. Look at the landscape. The younger your kid is, the less you got to look. Right. And the more you should be embracing where you're at and making where you're at better. And, oh, if, and if you fall into the trap that, you know, everybody's at the secret skills camp that you're not at and you're going to start running after that, it's it's a no-win situation. Do you even want to play for that team? Like, that's, that's the other thing, too. And, and, and this is something I tell parents. Like, if you're in that type of a stress environment, and, and I want to be clear to everybody listening, we're, we are talking kind of kind of 12 you and down at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, we will address uh, kind of the 16, 18 you at the end of the episode because I actually do think that there's a, uh, a recipe for that, too. But if you're in those those first half of the youth levels and a coach is already creating a stressful environment, you really got to ask yourself if you want your kid to be in that environment. Right. right? Now, now, I'll give my organization a little bit of credit right now because they they scheduled uh, one of the evals for both of my kids teams is during spring break. All right. And I, my family's not going to be around during spring break. And they went out of their way to say, listen, we completely understand that some of you will be on vacation. It is I mean, you have to make one of the evaluations. Um, you know, and, and they've, they've put the other ones the week after, but we understand if you're not around this week and no, it will not be held against anybody. I just appreciated that they said that because you can, as you can imagine, when those dates came out, the first thing, oh, I'm not available. What's that going to do to my kid? Oh my God. And, you know, so I appreciate that they put that forward, but at the same time, yeah, I, I, Mike, you said it too. I, I can't stand that we have evals at the end of the season, but I also understand, like, what are the what are the organizations supposed to do? Because if you don't do it, you're going to lose all your players now at this That's point. That's not true. That's not true. Yeah. So let's go back in the way back machine. Caitlin yeah. can cue it up, put their episode <laughs> out there we've had before, 
You do not have, you have seen the kids for 20, Lee, do you not know every single kid on your team? I know them all, yeah. Very distinctly. You, and again, and even if you were, even if you weren't a good coach, even if you weren't a professional coach or an evaluator, you know your kids. Your organization knows your kids. 20, 25 weeks? 25 weeks was your evaluation. No, it's half so if of you're the in year. an organization yeah. <laughs> right now and you can't, as right. a parent, say, you've seen my kid for 25 weeks. You're telling me I can't go to uh, Costa del Vista or whatever the hell. I, I, can't go, <laughs> I can't go away for a week and, and have to worry about my kid not playing on his team because you don't know. Where wait, wait, let, let, me, let me give a little context because I do agree with you on this. What I'm saying is that other organizations play against other organizations by saying – well, if you don't get to our eval, there's no way you're going to make our team. And I'm talking about when people are, are maybe thinking about switching right. teams, not to mention the contracts, which I think are ridiculous, that if mm. you try out for us, you have to play for us, yeah. which, again, I, I understand it from a tactical level. I don't agree with it in any way. I think that that's horrible to put that on a 10-year-old that yeah. you said you're coming. Not to mention it's all BS anyway, because if the kid's good enough, they'll take them on any team, right? No one's going to well, hold we've, you to that we've created We've created this financial – it's horrible, need, right? We created yeah. the need to say, um, you're going to sign up for my kid or my program. You are obligated if you make the team. And then you had to read the fine, fine print. Well, it doesn't yeah. mean if you made the A team. It means if we put you on any team, any team. in the organization, you need to say, go, well, I didn't, I didn't sign up to play on the C team. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. You're, that's the team you sign up for, so you lose your deposit. It, it, so it, it's, it's a race to the bottom for me, right? If you, right. It, Mike, and this is the point you just made. And, and Christy, I'd love to jump into your experience. If your organization is great, people will want to be there. I, I feel like everyone's looking at each other. I always use this metaphor of like you're a skyscraper, and you're looking at the other skyscraper to see who's going to be the tallest or who's coming up to be next to you. But if you just look up and get bigger and taller than everybody else, everybody will want to come to your organization. Right. So I, I don't like the race to the bottom. You have to come here. You have to play for this team. I, I want to say this again, though, because we have organizers that listen. I also understand why we do that, because because people can make brash decisions when there's a lot of pressure. If you don't secure them, quote unquote, you know, you're going to lose a lot of players. I, that, that's the reality of it. Should it be that way? I don't believe so. But, I you know, I just think if you have a fantastic organization, people will want to be there. Right. They won't want to leave. And I, and I think every organization has the ability to do that, right? Uh, and some of it's through creating standards. But, Christy, let me jump back to you real quick because, again, yeah. you, you played, you had kids played on a lot of different teams. Yeah. Sure you found ones that you're like, oh, I, this, we're staying here no matter what. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. And we were always very involved with whatever team we were on. We were really a part of the team. So right. if they needed volunteers, if they needed, you know, what the, the parents – were fantastic. So we, we were very fortunate to have a lot of dedicated parents who worked to make it a great experience all around. For the coaches, you know, we would go ahead and if, hey, parents, we need you to set this up for it. You know, we would all step up and do it. And, that, and that's what made us want to stay right. is because that sense of community. Love it. And no one really, it didn't feel competitive off the stands on right. the ice the kids were competitive sometimes with each other of course and with other teams but we didn't feel like we were competitive right. off the uh, in the stands which really makes a difference there was one team that uh, i had some issues with and um but you you learn to work around it mm -hmm. and you deal with it um 
the other the other thing about evaluations, my kids never really mind. I of course they got nervous the day sure. before, Natural, but yeah. I always <laughs> love the way it really kind of kind of jacked them up. You know what I mean? And I was impressed. Sometimes I would, you know, watch way the bleachers just to see how they would do. And it was really kind of impressive how they wanted to step up and really do their best. And that actually helped Sophia later on as she got into the more competitive stages of hockey. Um, she had that switch that mm -hmm. she could turn on when it was really important to be seen, especially by college coaches when they were evaluating her. So an early age evaluations could actually be a good thing for the kids I yeah, agree. with the right and I, perspective. And I, and I agree. I mean, I think that's that's where that, that's the argument I'll always get. Right. Is all oh, we just want to test the metal against the yeah. best. Like, I want my kid to go out there. Well, I don't care if they make it or not, and which is yeah. not true. But it's just I, I want to see really where they fit in. So, you know, my my charge to some of these organizations and, and somebody in some governing body of hockey that runs the youth hockey in the United States should implement, you know, some type of you know, data source that says, you know, if you're a triple A elite organization and you're having open tryouts, tell me how many kids that come to that tryout meticulate to your team. Honestly, tell me if, it, there's, yeah. if, if you have 15 kids on your 15 U team and you have a tryout with 90 kids on the ice, how many of those kids make the team? And it's so small a number. It's, it's literally like, it, it, I, and I, you know, when you statistically, when you see it over and over and over again, you're going to find that that number is is maybe one kid, and that kid probably knew uh, what the what pro you know that they were probably going to make that program anyway because of all the back channel stuff that goes on. Absolutely, you know. <clears throat> there's the other thing too, Mike, is that you know I think there's nothing wrong with being honest about that with the kids and making sure that they understand that you know you might not make this team. I think that's okay. Um, Here's the other thing, too, guys, is that, you know, when I think about evaluations as a whole, I think about how my kid approaches the evaluation. This is going to be some, like, I guess, active uh, advice for you guys listening at home. You know, the messaging you give your children is super important, right? So, number one, if you're nervous, Christy brought this up. I always tell my kid, that's okay. That's normal. Because if you're nervous, it means you care, right? right. And I think that that's something that kids need to recognize. Sometimes kids don't recognize why they're nervous. Yeah. And it eventually turns into, I'm nervous, I might not make the team. Yeah. And then that just turns into fear. And right. I think it's important, Mike, to your point and Christy, to your point, yeah, you might not make the team. Right. And that's okay, right? Because what matters, and parents, this is this is what I really think we should be telling our kids. Um, and I'm not telling you not to tell them to be aggressive or not to work hard or not to try and make the team. But when I talk to my children and the kids that I coach, it's I just want you to leave knowing you did the best you possibly could at this tryout or this evaluation. That is important to me. All right. It doesn't guarantee anything just like life, but you're going to be doing these evaluations for 10, 15 years, maybe more. Right. And they're going to get harder and harder and harder. And I want you to understand how to compartmentalize that nervousness, that fear, what you're right. feeling right now. It's okay to feel something, but I need you to know son, daughter, friend, whatever. If you just do everything you can, you have to live with that. And, and parents remember, you're going to be nervous too. It's just a natural response, but it feeds each other. If your kid's nervous and you're nervous, it's going to feed and grow into this really big ball of nervous energy. So it's kind of to me on it, it, this is my opinion. I guess you, you, none of, none of it, nobody has to agree with me on this, but 
I try and keep it as cool as I possibly can for them because yeah. I don't want to I don't want to put it on them that hey I'm nervous you might not make the team and to be fair at this point in my journey I'm pretty calm uh, at evals because because my belief is that you know wherever my son or daughter is placed um, whether I agree with it or not you know we have to make the best of that right, right? At, at this point of their journey I, I want to mm -hmm. reiterate you know my kid's gonna be a second year squirt and a second year might it is not 18U. I mean, I understand it's a different situation or 16U. Um, but yeah, listen, I just want you to do the absolute best you can. We have to leave this eval. You need to be in the car and look at me and say, I did everything I could to the best of my ability, whether you make mistakes or not. Yeah, and I think, but and I think that's a real key point too. Is that when you are coming to these evaluations and you set your, you know, if you're going to put your kids through the evaluation gauntlet, just fine. I, I mean, I, I actually. Don't mind that, you know, if you want to test the metal against metal, right? But don't, every time you don't make a team, can't be because it was political and right. because right. the coach didn't right. see you and that, you know, this is ridiculous. They just, so or, or talent based, right? It's not just about talent. I think people forget that, right? You could be the best player out there, but, you know, right. But didn't you see my son? It? He scored four goals yeah. on evaluation. <laughs> yeah, he did, but he was on the ice for seven yeah. again. So right. I know you only saw the four right. goals for, but you didn't see right. the fact that he never came over the red line. So I think it's always like, you know, where, you know, but, you know, I think as a parent, it's so important that you just, when you set those expectations, you set them to where when you don't make it, you don't make it for whatever reason, it doesn't matter because it can, it, and there's absolutely could be political. I got right. a story for both of you. I got a story for both of you. Christy, you love this too. I don't talk about this often, um, but just to prove that point going all the way to the highest levels, Mike. All right. I had a professional tryout. And I scored five points in two games at this against other professional players. And I remember thinking, <clears throat> like, I mean, this was the trial of my life. Like, I did everything I needed to do. I took care of everybody. And I remember I, I sat down with the coaches, and they said to me, keeping in mind this is this is twenty years ago, um, yeah, well, you didn't get any fights. And, uh -huh. and I was I wasn't actively even avoiding fights. I was ready to fight if I needed to fight again. Different time of the game, and and this league I was trying out for. Probably many of you can guess what it was at that time. But they said, yeah, you know, you didn't get any fights. We didn't see that. Right. And, and I, look, look, there was no kind of ill will. I mean, I was I was a professional about it, but I didn't get selected for that team because I didn't get in a fight. Wow. Right. And it just goes to show you that that, you know, maybe I, to be fair, like, and again, this is all retrospective. Maybe I should have asked them before the tryout. Hey, what are you looking for? Exactly. I just went in there like yeah. if I score a million points, they're going to have to take me. Right. And that's a professional team right now. Now. My logic dictates maybe that wasn't the best call for the coaching staff, right? I think I, I had a pretty good tryout, but it just goes, that's not what they were looking for. And that's, right. that's what they, they didn't need another person like that, right? Mm -hmm. They could score points. They needed someone that could put some fists up again, different time period of the game. I want to reiterate that parents do not tell your children to fight. This is a disclaimer. Never should you do that at a tryout. Um, but, but Mike, I just wanted to share that because it does, it does support what you're saying. Yeah. It, well, and, it, and it's really just the point of you don't, and, and again, this comes back to the organization and the coach maybe, but you know, we don't list out like during the open tryouts that we're looking to fill these five different types of players. Like, right. like we don't do that. Right. So, and maybe we should, maybe we should say, Hey, this is an open, like in football, right? Oh, we have an open tryout just for kickers. I don't yeah, care yeah. if you're the best quarterback in the world. Doesn't matter. I just uh -huh. want a kicker, you know? And I think, and that's sometimes you're like, I just need a defenseman. And that's all I really need for this team because I love this team and I want to keep this team. But at the same time, don't invite 120 kids. If you know you're only going to take two kids, 
you know, that's an organizational piece. And, you know, and those organizations get, right. you know, when, when, it's funny when they get exposed, you know, year after year after year and the same parents say, oh, my God, they always did this. I go, yeah, but you always go to the tryout. So, right. so right. you know, you know, it's, we, and we've talked about this a million times, right? Buyer beware, do your research, you know, don't, you, 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 yeah. you know, don't complain after the fact when you knew it was going to happen. Right. And, you know, and who are the happiest people? The only people that are happy after those trials are the people that made the team. And, right. you know, and no matter how good you life, are, or what you that's are. just a metaphor yeah. for life, though. Right. 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 But you could but you could avoid a lot of that preemptively I agree. By, by not going to these evaluations when you know your kid's not going to make the team. Like if you're going doing it for some ego piece, like really sit and talk to your son and daughter and be like, do you like the team you're on? You know, you're probably mm-hmm. you're probably going to make this team and you're going to be able to play. No problem. Or is your kid going, Dad? I, I'm so much better in this group. I want to try against go, those guys. I know I could make it. Okay, well, that's a, you, you, you're the one that needs to want to do that. So if you want to do that, let's prepare by going over these points. Right. You know that if you don't make it, how do you react to that? Well, prepare, right? That's right. the whole purpose of the episode is to be. And then me, yeah, and then and then me as a coach says, well, I already asked you to come to my team. If you don't want to come play for me. Like this and this is what happens all the time, and it's so sad, right? But uh, player A wants to be, you know, the coach wants them on their team. Player A's parent and kid decide, well, you're not really the team I want to be on, so I'm going to go try out over here. They don't make that team. The coach doesn't want them back on this team, and they go to another program, whether it's a lower level, higher level, doesn't matter. Now you've just displayed, and everyone's doing it. So right. now you have like seven or eight kids all doing this little dance around. I wanted to play up. I was told I couldn't screw the coach. They don't know what they're doing. I'm leaving now because I got to save face because I can't go back to the person who originally asked me to play for them. Right. And it's just like yeah. this vicious cycle of, you know, like I laugh in the spring, you know, when you see kids and they're looking for a roll of tape in their bag and they pull out Jersey, a Jersey B try out Jersey, a try out Jersey B different color socks. This tier. And I'm like, my God, like how many places have you been? And it's, and it's a really, it's a red flag. And when you, and, and we're going to, we're going to get to this. I get right. Well, maybe we could do it now, but when you get to 15, 16, 17 year olds, yeah. those red flags are bright. They yeah. are, they are right. like, this kid has been in seven organizations in seven years. Right. right. You know, I don't know if the kid's going to last till November with me. Yeah, right. Tell me about the parents. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And then, and then, okay. And then you're, you are looking, there's no doubt about it. You're looking at the parents. There's well, zero doubt that you're, when you're doing evaluations, you're not going and going, uh, I love this kid and I I think he's okay, but there's like seven of those kids and six of the parents are much, much better. And they're going to, and they're going to let that kid play for me. And I think that's a huge, that's a huge piece of this because in the the top of the pyramid, all the kids are good. They're all good. They're all good. And now it's a matter of who's going to give me the biggest headache. Right. And most of the time you're going to go with the kid. that's not going to give you a headache at all. Yeah. And the parents. That happens all the time. I've seen that. I've heard that from coaches, Right. you know, if a kid's on the bubble and you could go either way. Well, geez, this kid's got a better attitude. So we're right. going to go with that. Why wouldn't <laughs> you? Why wouldn't you? You know, it, it, right. it's, it's rare that the skill level is that much more. And, and Mike, again, we have, we have a couple minutes left. Look, I'm going to go over some quick uh, thoughts slash tips that I think all parents should be bringing and kids to their tryouts, right? And you can apply these across the board. Mike, you brought up kind of that above 15. Um, look, there's a lot of politics when you get above 15, uh, whether you want them to be there or not. That's the truth. This is my belief. Um, at that age, it's it's as much, if not more, about your kids' drive for the sport than what team they're on. 
I'm not saying that making a triple A tier one team is not of value if you want to play in college or going to a really good prep school team. I can't deny that, that there are opportunities for those kids. But I can also tell you, and from personal experience, that if your kid is not out in the driveway or out at the gym and untold, unprompted, working on their game all the time at that point, um, which is okay. <laughs> I got to mention that. It's okay if they're not doing that, if they have other interests. Um, you really need to pay attention to that because I have seen walk-ons go to the NHL. I have seen really talented players burn out. All right. If the love and the passion are not there and there's plenty of distractions at 15, 16, 17 or 18, um, you individually as families, you have to look at that and make decisions. And as a parent, you can advise your kid and say, look, um, you know, if you really want this, you'll you'll practice without me telling you anything. OK, the message should not be you should practice. This kid's practicing all the time. Don't do that to your kid. All right. If, if they want it, they will do it. And you can guide them, but you can't make them do it without massive resentment. So that, that is my tip, again, above 15. It's, it's, it's as much you, if not more of you, than the team you're on. All right? And that kind of segues into this, this point that I want to make. Uh, look, I'll be very real with all of the parents out there. Most of the time, 80%, if not more, of the team is already picked. All right? We know that it's just natural progression of development. You kind of know what kids are going to fall on what team. That's not that's not crooked. It's not politics. That's just natural. You, you kind of know who's going to be where. And, and that means that, yeah, there's some bubble positions on any team. People can impress. People can change things. I've seen it. It's happened to me. It's happened to my kids. All right. The point is you never really know where you're going to end up. So don't go into an evaluation assuming 100% you're going to be on the team, even if the coach told you your kid's going to be the captain next year. Do not assume anything. Your kid still needs to go there and give 100% at that evaluation, especially if they're being promised something like that, which should never happen, by the way. The other thing is this, and this is kind of my big point on Action News tonight. Hey, Christy, that was for you. All right. <laughs> it has to be more about the development than the letters behind the team. We talk about this every episode, it seems. I want my kid. This is my goal as a hockey parent, genuinely. I don't care right now what team they're on. If it has a great coach and a great ability for them to develop as leaders, as players, as skaters, as goalies, as people, as long as that is there, I am a satisfied parent at this point of my life. My kids are 10 and 7. Keeping this in perspective, it is different when you're older. I want them to develop. So if they make the same team, if they make a higher team, even if they make a lower team, and the chances there for them to develop as hockey players, I, that is what my goal is. And, and I'm going to say it again to not be hypocritical. It's not guaranteed, right? It's, some of this is on me as a parent to help them evolve, to help them grow. Okay, we didn't make the team we're going to make. You don't like the coach. You don't like your teammates. Let's not run away first. That shouldn't be my first inclination. What can we do as a family to, to, to survive this, to work on it, to be great at it? Not every season's going to be wonderful. I, I, I don't know how else to say that. You're going to have bad years. All right. But the kid who understands how to navigate that, infinitely more prepared for life, number one, will be a better kid to be coached. Coachability is a major thing for us when we pick teams. All right. You'll be infinitely better to be coached, more coachable, and you're going to be able to deal with adversity. So get this when you get to a championship situation or a tryout situation, you have felt that feeling before. 
or have a motivation of I don't want to make a bad team. I want to I want to show these people I can be great. It's all learning on this kind of 10 to 12 year journey you get in youth hockey. So again, I put myself on a pedestal there. I'm sorry. I will throw it back to you too. I just I had these no, notes. And I wanted also, to um, there may be families who come into your organization from other organizations looking for that greener pasture, right. and be welcoming to them and help them navigate. Because it's you know that's the thing too is you know we took in families who had bad experiences from other organizations. And you you talk to them, well, what was it about that organization? Well, you know, my, you know, we didn't really like the way they treated my kid sat on the bench all the time. My kid is six years old, shouldn't be sitting on the bench the whole time. The coach only played the, the right. top players. And, and it's good to uh, uh, find out why they left. And then as a group say, well, how can we make it better for this family. Let's right. work together and well, figure Once this you're out. here, so, you're, you're with us, right? Yeah, Christy, you're with you us. It Embrace the them, you know, yeah. welcome them. <clears throat> and because um, that's really important too. Don't ice them out. Oh, right. they're from that organization. What are they doing here? Well, it takes um, a village, right? You, you, it really you, does. You, yeah. you said that word community before. It's on the parents and the families. Yeah. That That's part of it. You got to make the community. If you're standoffish, yeah. like I don't want to get to know anybody because we yeah. might not be here next year. What are you creating? Right. Yeah. So that's important too. So if, if you see families coming in from outside because they were unhappy um, and I've seen some parents say, wow, you know, they're carpet baggers. They're going from one organization to another. Right. Well, they're with us now. Yeah. They're our team. Now they're with you. Let's make this work. Yeah. Mike, any final no, words? No, I, well, I would agree with that. Like once the move's made and the person's there, then 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 you got to build a program. I mean, you got to build a yeah. team. I mean, you can't go through all the years saying, "I can't believe this kid's here. This is ridiculous." Yeah. You know, I you know I hate everybody here. So I mean, it's just a matter of you know once that once that you know greener pasture has been been met you know in your yeah. mind, then embrace the group that you have and then try to make right. that group better. And I think right. that's uh, yeah, that's and that's easier said than done. There's no doubt right. about it. It's so yeah. hard because there's so many moving parts to all this yeah. stuff. Um, you know, and I think, you know, you get, and, and this time of year too, it's like, imagine the emotions. I mean, it's like, you know, I know you can't take the 24 hour rule sometimes at the end of the last two weeks of the season, but sit back and say, is it really that bad? Or was it just mm -hmm. this last week? Like, right. was it yeah. just that last shift that you're leaving? Or was it really, really good? Like if you were having, I, I say this to parents as a hockey director all the time, like, oh, well this happened and that happened and this happened. I go, but if all this happened back in September, why wouldn't you have told me about this? Like you waited right. until now to unleash, uh, you know, unleash your mm -hmm. frustration. I could have actually done something in September. That's like I can't do point. anything now. So, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're pent up and everything was going great until the last two weeks of the season, and there's like little nuances of the, you know, cause again, it, it happens all the time. This time of year is, is not every single kid on the team sick. Every kid said, so, you, know, you know, who's there? Who's not there? Did we win a game? Cause we only had eight players. Did this player not show up? Did this player have other events going on? Did the, the, you know, just sit back and say, was it really six months of horrendousness or was it yeah. a week? Yeah, misery and, then, company. and then reset and then look and say, no, nah, you know, it's not so bad. And when, and like to Chrissy's point, you're going to go into a rink and you're going to hear from other parents and you're like, oh man, my, my well, sister's acting pretty good. Mike, like, <laughs> yeah. make, make sure you ask the kids too, because you might think it was a horrible year, but the kid, yeah. these are his friends or her oh, friends. Oh, it's always so good you, to ask your children yeah. too sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, people can forget that. It was a horrible season. You guys <laughs> didn't win a game. 
They yeah, don't know right? what they want. You guys didn't win a game, but I love I love this team. I love playing with yeah. these guys. Like, well, you the, best you you'll get, the best is you'll get we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. we, we did, right? We won once in a while. But, I thought oh, we look, did. Yeah. This, this has been a really good one. I, I To everyone listening to this show, we, we know our audience pretty well. All right. If, if you're listening to this show, this really is, I think, our parting advice. Look, you're doing great. You're doing a great job as a hockey parent. It, I, I've said this before. You're not crazy. The hockey world is crazy, okay? <laughs> There's a big difference there. And I want you to know you're doing great. Remember the episode. It's one of our most popular episodes ever about the three things to say to your kids, right? Hey, I love watching you play. Make sure you say these things before evals, right? I love watching you play. You are the most important thing in the world to me no matter what happens. I don't care what team you make. I'm going to love you no matter what afterwards. These are really important messages to give, to give your kids. <clears throat> and then the third one, which goes all over the place, is do the best you can. Just leave the eval being able to look me in the eye and saying that was the best effort I could give. If I think if you give those kids those messages, you're in a good place with them. And I think that goes for all age levels. All right. If you're the parent that's going in, I don't, I don't even listen to this show, but if, if you put in a tremendous amount of stress on your kid, you got to make this team, you got to hit this kid. You got to, you are, you are really setting them up long-term for failure. All right. I'm not saying there isn't an intensity that has to be there. I am not saying you should not be competitive. You must be both of those things. But there's a way to do it <laughs> in a way that's not going to emotionally you know, hurt your kid or yourself for that matter. So, right. again, those are my closing remarks. Uh, again, guys, anything else before I, I go into our close? I want to make sure. Well I, said. I don't well said. Oh, thank you, my friend. That, yeah. When Christy says that to me, I actually feel like I did something. So that, that's always good. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Make sure you listen to all the episodes we've ever done, ourkidsplayhockey.com, or email us if you have any questions, concerns, or if you disagree. Team at ourkidsplayhockey.com. We love sharing those emails on the show. So for Christy Casciano-Burns and Mike Benelli, I'm Lee Elias. We will see you on the next edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Skate on, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Make sure to like and subscribe right now if you found value wherever you're listening, whether it's a podcast network, a social media network, or our website, ourkidsplayhockey.com. Also, make sure to check out our children's book, When Hockey Stops, at whenhockeystops.com. It's a book that helps children deal with adversity in the game and in life. We're very proud of it. But thanks so much for listening to this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey, and we'll see you on the next episode.